Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the good news with Angie Austin. Now, with the good news, here's Angie. Angie Austin here with Jim Stovall, writer, speaker, movie maker. And you've been putting out a lot of books lately, Jim Stovall. Welcome. How many have you been putting out? Well, uh, you know, I've written over 50 now, but uh, when the COVID thing happened, I wasn't able to get out and do the arena speeches or make movies for a little while. So I turned into kind of a full-time writer. So I've written seven books in the last uh, 18 months, and it's... uh, it's uh, been one of the most prolific times of my life, and I, I really enjoyed it. But now I'm um, looking forward to getting out and doing some other things. And when you speak, do you travel very much? I know you're a big-time arena speaker. Yeah, we travel quite a bit. Well, that's pretty cool. We're, right. uh, you, know, I, 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 you know, I try not to be on the road more than a couple, three times a month, and uh, I, I certainly pick and choose a lot more than I used to. I mean... Mm-hmm. I mean, when I first started out, you know, three people would show up in a phone booth, I'd make a speech. You know, I mean, it's not that big a deal. But now, um, you know, it's got to be, you know, kind of somewhere I want to go in a group that I feel good about. And, uh, you know, so that I I, uh, I enjoy the process, though. How wonderful to be at that point, you know, where you can pick and choose and find uh, uh, the greener grass locations, which goes along with the, uh, the uh, we've got a couple columns we can talk about this week. Every week, uh, Jim puts out a winner's wisdom column, and uh, this one is the golden age. And uh, I, I, I like that in the first line, you talk about the greener grass syndrome, because I think a lot of us suffer from that. So let's talk about it. Well, you know, Virgil... Uh in the midst of his career back in B.C. times, you know, declared this is now the golden age. And there was nothing about it that was golden in any way, shape, or form other than he said it was. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it became that because he believed it and he said it was, and it was for him. And I've seen so many people do that. At the depths, the worst moment in World War II, uh, at a time where it really looked like the Nazis were going to win the war, uh, Churchill got on the radio and, among other things, said, uh, shall the British Empire and all of our realm last a thousand years? Let them say this was our finest hour. And he declared it. He just said, this is going to be our finest hour right now. And Angie, it turned out to be that way. And I and I, so I thought, you know, we can control this. We get to decide. And my, my mentor, legendary coach John Wood, and I asked him years later, what was – you know, uh, 10 national championships in 12 years, what was the best basketball game you ever saw or you ever coached? And he said, you know, it wasn't the championships and the ones you think. He said, in the middle of one of our championship seasons, we were playing a, a team that wasn't very good. We were playing Long Beach State. And our guys were lackadaisical. And, uh, you know, we were eight points ahead in the first half, and nobody cared. And uh, they're kind of walking through the motions. And I called timeout. 
and the starters came over, and I said, guys, look over there on the bench. There are five or six guys over there. They don't get to play like you do. They work just as hard as you do. They do everything you've done, but you get all the glory, and you get to play, and they don't. Right now, what I'm going to say, we got six minutes left in this half, and we're ahead by eight points. If we're ahead by 20 points at halftime, I'm going to let you guys go get showered and sit in the stands and watch these guys get to play a half of basketball. And uh, if you don't think they deserve that, you're not the young men I think you are. And he said, Jim, I had to call timeout with two minutes to go. We were 24 points ahead and pulling away, and I pulled out my starters, and he said that was the finest few minutes of basketball I've ever seen. Well, there was nothing special about it, Angie, except he just declared it's going to be our golden age right here. That's cool. Well, I love the idea of the mindset, too. Like, looking back on things and having a different perception than maybe someone even in your own family. And, uh, you know, just, I don't know, yesterday my husband said something to me. We were like, I was pulling weeds in the front. We have several acres and a really nice home. And he said, wow, you've come a long way since low-income housing, housing, haven't you? And, uh, you know, because you, of course, don't have a yard in low-income housing when I was growing up. I said, yeah, who do? But then in the back of my mind, I thought, well, I knew. I I decided that I wasn't going to live like Mm -hmm. that. I mean, I had a plan. There was no way I was staying there or raising my family there. But, um, you know, when we look back on those things, I don't see it as, you know, so horrible. Because uh, sometimes you don't know any better when you don't have much or have anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that it's interesting to see how people frame their lives. And you can go through the same experiences and one person can be bitter and angry. One of my girlfriends is on the show all the time. Uh, she's the most delightful person, and she didn't. T- I thought she was like from a one-parent home, Christian. You know, like uh, you know, faith is so wrapped in her mother. And I, I said, was your mom a single mom? And she goes, Oh no, daddy was there. He did the best he could, but he just couldn't hold down a job. And yes, he liked to drink too much. And I thought, Oh my gosh, you have the best memory from your childhood. And I've known her well over a decade, and she's never mentioned these negative things about her dad that some people would only focus on. Yeah, we get to choose the highlight reel. You know, you know, living our lives is like making a movie, Angie. We don't have control over the raw footage, but we certainly control the edited version. Yes. And we get to decide what's in our memory bank. And boy, if all you want to remember is bad things, we've all got plenty of those. And if all you want to do is remember great things and have a highlight reel, you can do that too. And, uh, you know, whether you think it's a great day or whether you think it's a bad day, you're right either way. And you get to decide every morning. So is this your takeaway? You say, I love this. As you go through your day today, look for the positive elements that make this a golden age, your golden age, like your day today can be your golden age as you look for these positive elements. Is that the takeaway? It is. Absolutely. We get to decide. All right. Let's talk about one of your other columns as well, because of my uh, issue that I had with the timing belt that it, uh, you know, that I'm still dealing with that uh, broke down in the middle of nowhere, my my car. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, missed a week with you. So I like the column that you wrote. I like the title. Uh, this is the second one I want to talk about. Controlling the creep. But you're not talking about a creep, like a creep that you would like meet, you know, at, at a bar. It's a different kind no, of creep. No, no, no. And uh, we, we have other ways to control them. <laughs> but uh, no, this is the things that creep into our life very subtly and without us often paying attention to them. You know, there's a lot of people that broke up, woke up this morning. This morning, as they awaken, they're in a, they're in a prison cell. 
And they didn't just wake up one morning in the past and say, you know, I'm going to screw up my life and end up in prison. And it generally wasn't one real bad decision. It was a lot of little tiny decisions. And, you know, that's uh, part of the problem we have in Washington. You know, someone will throw out a positive solution. They say, well, that won't solve the whole problem. Well, very few things solve the whole problem. You don't find a 100% solution. You find 101% solutions. And, you know, you've got to control the creep, good or bad. You know, you know the people I see that succeed, they control the elements of their life that they realize they don't have a lot of discipline in. So they have a morning routine. They get up, they do their exercise, they do their, their study, their meditation, their prayer, whatever it is they do. And they reduce that to a habit, and that controls the creep. And I, as an Olympic weightlifter, I used to work out with a guy, and his coach would always end his deal saying, okay, give me eight more reps of this. And he would do eight, and the coach said, that's good. And then he would do one more. He would always do one more. And finally, I said, what is that all about? Why you do that? And he said, the eight I owe him, the one belongs to me. And that's going the extra mile. That's me saying I'm not doing the least I can do and get out of here. I got one more, and that one belongs to me. And that's, you know, just a powerful, powerful thing. I love but we've that. got to control those things. And uh, the things in our lives that uh, we don't have natural discipline over, we've got to control them. And whether it's drinking wine, eating cookies, uh, you know, not getting to bed early enough, not doing our exercise, whatever it is that we ought to be doing or not doing that we know we're not accomplishing, we need to take control of that because it's not just, you know, one time you decided I'm going to become an alcoholic. It's that little more and a little more and a little more, and you don't take control of it, and that's the problem. Now, when you talk about, this is such a good point, um, it's very rare uh, that, you know, you end up in prison, uh, you're, you're discussing in the article, uh, and you just one day out of the blue, you know, commit this horrible crime. And mm-hmm. so whether it be a horrible crime or treating someone badly in a relationship, um, bumping into somebody's car and walking away, ending up with extra groceries you didn't pay for and just, you know, slipping them in the car and heading home. All of these things lower our standards. Like something has lowered our standards prior to this big infraction and going to prison. Or even something's led up to the little infractions that all of a sudden you find acceptable. So that creep, if we allow it every day, just the smallest thing like um, somebody drops a dollar and you're like, whatever, I'm just going to pick it up. Uh, But also it allows the creep in your children's lives because you aren't teaching them how to stop the creep. And so um, I never really thought about this in how you gradually can wear down your standards. Is that what you're pretty oh, you much do. telling us? And it's, it's dangerous for you and me. It's even more insidious for children because you and I know better and we're lowering our standards, but we know better. They don't. You know, hey, if mom or dad did that, it must be okay. And, uh, you know, that's what they learn. And, uh, I mean... You're lucky if your kids listen to you, but I'll guarantee you they'll watch you. And that's the the rule that we all have to remember. And, you know, we live in a world when it's all said and done, there's too much said and not enough done. And the kids are sick of hearing about it. They just want to watch it. And um, that's where you and I have to uh, hold the standard. 
Well, that's what that friend of mine now that has such a positive outlook on life, even though she had some bumps in the road. Um, she talks about how example is everything. She was a teacher and that you can say whatever you want to your kids and you can blah, 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 blah. But if you are not setting a good example, they are going to go with the example because they're not going to believe a word you say about what they shouldn't do if you're doing it. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. You know, it, it it, it, you know, I, I, people I've heard say, you know, I can't hear your words because your actions speak so loudly. <laughs> I just can't hear what you're saying. I like that. Say that again. I can't, I can't hear your words because your actions are speaking so loudly. I love that. Do you just memorize all these things that you've learned over the years from Wooden and all these other people because you've come into uh, contact with some, the Zig Ziglers and the, all these influential people, that uh, Paul Harvey? Do you just uh, memorize all these cool things that they've taught you over yeah, the years? I, you know, I think so. And when you write a column every week and, and do several radio interviews with wonderful people like you all these years, Every time throughout the week, you're looking for them. You're just looking for great examples or, or great stuff. So, uh, you know, like I said, we always find what we're looking for. You know, if your show was not the good news and about positive things, if it was the bad news about negative things, I, I could go through life and look for all these bad things, and I could probably load up on that, too. But, uh, you know, that's not what we do. Well, if there's, you say in the article, if there's something in your life you want to improve, consider establishing a standard that will control your behavior and let your behavior manage your results. And then you talk about basically the take takeaway as you go through your day to day, set your own standards before someone else is forced to set them for you. What does that mean? Like you have well, bad laws and okay. rules exist for the few people that can't control themselves. Right. You know, you could you know, you could leave your your wallet or your purse on the desk and leave the room and most people they're not going to steal your wallet. Most people aren't going to do that. They know better than that. Right. The rules are put in place for the few people that can't control themselves. And then if you can't control yourself, they'll take you to another place and lock the door and they will control. Martin Luther King says we can't control people's attitudes and beliefs, but we can control their actions if we have to. And that's what it comes down to. So, you know, life comes down to controlling that that creep making those rules and you know when you see somebody that's really really disciplined in their life if you'll ask them they'll tell you you know well i have a rule around exercise or 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 food consumption or alcohol and i'm not saying these people don't have a good time and have a great life they just have rules that they control instead of letting those things control them all right your website jim Jim Stovall, S-T-O-V-A-L-L, jimstovall.com. You're the best. Hey, you are. Boulder is tuned to the mighty 670 KLT Denver. When you shop at your local ARC, your hard-earned money directly supports individuals with disabilities. 80% of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities are unemployed. At ARC Thrift Stores, approximately 20% of their employees are individuals with intellectual or developmental disabilities. ARC Thrift is one of Colorado's most prominent employers for people with disabilities. They provide extra support for their employees, allowing them to decide how they live, learn, and work through the ARC Ambassadors program. The program provides a community for employees with disabilities where they create lasting friendships. 
ARC Thrift Ambassadors attend social events throughout the year. ARC is a company that lives and breathes its mission of going above and beyond to create a space of inclusivity, morale, and culture. Shop at an ARC Thrift store near you. Find your nearest location at arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. I don't know about you, but I really like a good inspirational story. And you know I like a good news story. Well, there's this website, Mark and Angel. They share a lot of really great stuff. And the uh, article I'm going to talk to you about is Try Again, How to Restore the Faith You Once Had in Yourself. Now, when I've done women's uh, ministry uh, uh, speeches, when I've talked about my testimony, sometimes at the women's conferences, we'll ask people to write things down and that we'll pray over it and, you know, we'll burn it or get rid of it or whatever, you know, like get rid of, like to help them along with their issues. So as Beatrice and I were going through some of them, Michelle Ron was part of the conference. Uh, it was so deep and sad to read some of the self-doubts and hatred or dislike or regrets and poor self-esteem. I just thought so many women are in this dark place and even as Christians not able to claim that joy and abundance that the Lord has for them. And so this article kind of hit me. uh, Try again how to restore the faith you once had in yourself. Mark wrote this one. It says, when I was a high school freshman, a 260-pound freshman girl showed up for track and field tryouts right alongside me. Her name was Sarah, and she was only there because her doctor said her health depended on it. But once she scanned the crowd of students who were on the field, she turned around and started walking away. Well, Coach O'Leary saw her, jogged over, and turned her back around. I'm not thin enough for this sport, Sarah declared, uh, and I'll never be. It's impossible for me to lose weight. I have tried. Coach O'Leary nodded and listened and promised Sarah that her body type wasn't suited for her current weight. It's suited more for 220 pounds, not 260. She had a big frame. Sarah looked confused. Most people tell me I need to lose 130 pounds, she replied. But you think I only need to lose 40? And the coach said, yeah, he nodded. Well, Sarah uh, started off as a shot put competitor, but spent every single afternoon running and training with the rest of the track team. She was very competitive. And by the end of the freshman year, she was down to 219 pounds. Okay. She went from 260 down to 219. She also won second place in the countywide shot put tournament that year. Three years later, uh, during the senior year, she won third place in the 10K run. Her competitive weight at this time as a senior was 132 pounds. And so because she did not walk away as a freshman at track at 260 pounds, and she had the support of the coach and hopefully some of her teammates, she went from 260 to 132. That is life-changing, like the confidence that she, uh, you know, uh, that, that grew in her. Well, there was a time when Sarah was convinced it was impossible to lose weight because in her past experience, it had never worked out the way she'd hoped. Uh, she'd completely lost faith in herself, but with consistency, with the daily ritual of trying again and again, she restored her faith and achieved the impossible. And when Sarah showed up to my, this is the writer, uh, Mark, one of the uh, guys who uh, has this website, Mark and Angel, to my 37th birthday, it was a pool party and barbecue um, recently, I smiled when I overheard another guest she just met compliment her on her bathing suit and her physique. Of course, Sarah still works out really hard. She tries again every single day to maintain what she achieved. And Mark says, so do I. Um, 
And then uh, Mark says, I lose faith sometimes too. Some people get this idea about me because I'm a New York Times bestselling author, he says, who spent the past decade writing and teaching people how to create more success and happiness in their lives, that I don't ever fall short and fail miserably in these areas. But of course, I'm human. So that's not true. He says, I fall short and fail at things much more than you might imagine, and certainly far more, he says, than he'd like to admit. And it feels just as horrible for him as it does for anybody else. I absolutely lose faith in myself sometimes. I absolutely do. So deep down, of course, I know these negative reactions aren't helpful. So I own up to what happened, learn a lesson or two, and then get back up and try again. The final part is the most important part, the trying again. I sometimes fail at eating healthy and exercising, and I try again. I fail at loving myself, but I don't give up. I try again. I fail at being a great dad, he says sometimes, especially when I get distracted with stressful business endeavors, but I keep trying, and oftentimes I invoke a fresh smile on my son's face. Uh, Mark goes on to say, I even failed at writing the article you're reading now. I made an initial initial attempt and scrapped it because it didn't feel right. But I started again and now I'm done. And it's a good one, Mark, by the way. I really love the story of uh, your, you know, high school friend uh, who went from 260 to 130 and is still, you know, working out. It changed her life, that track team that she was brave enough to get on and brave enough to possibly face criticism. When I try again and again, Mark says, I often succeed and feel much better about myself in the long run. If there's only one thing you take away from this article, let it be that trying again, giving yourself another chance every day is always worth it because what you do again and again defines you. Many of the most meaningful results you'll ever achieve in your life, the milestones, the relationships, the love, the lessons come from the little things you do repeatedly every single day. Regardless of your unique talents, knowledge, and life circumstances or how you personally define success and happiness, you don't suddenly become successful and happy. You become successful and happy over time based on your willingness to try and try again, your choices, creating daily rituals that amass little bits of progress, tiny, tiny, tiny steps towards progress through thick and thin. You You keep doing it. So what do your little daily rituals look like? Well, you really have to sort this out and get consistent with what's right for you on a daily basis. Like some of my friends go on a walk at 5 a.m. That's not going to work for me. So I have to figure out what does work for me. Now, because failure occurs in the same way, all your little daily failures, those that you don't learn and grow from, come together and cause you to fail big. Think in terms of running a business. You keep failing to check the books. You keep failing to make the calls, to listen to your customers to innovate. You keep failing to do little things that need to be done. Then one day you wake up and your whole business has failed. It was all the little things you did or didn't do on a daily basis, your rituals, not just one inexplicable catastrophic event. It was many little things you didn't do. Now you think about how this relates to your life. Your life is your business. Remind yourself that the vast majority of the results in your life, positive and negative alike, are the product of many small decisions made over time. The little things you do today and tomorrow and the next day matter. Too often people overestimate the significance of one big defining moment and underestimate the value of making good decisions and small steps of progress on a daily basis.
Now, uh, it's, it, it seems obvious, but not necessarily easy to sustain. The concept of taking it one day at a time, one step at a time might seem ridiculously obvious, but at some point we all get caught up in the moment and find ourselves yearning for instant gratification. We want what we want and we want it now. And this yearning often tricks us into taking on too much too soon. Uh, Mark says that Angel and I have seen this transpire hundreds of times over the years. And Mark and Angel have this website. Uh, we've seen uh, Angel and I have seen this transpire transpire hundreds of times over the years. A coaching client or a coach, a, a course student wants to achieve a big goal or three big goals all at once. And you can't just choose one or two daily rituals to focus on. So nothing worthwhile ever gets done and gradually they lose more and more faith in themselves. Let this common mistake, this quick fix mentality be your wake up call today. You really can't lift a thousand pounds all at once, yet you can easily lift one pound a thousand times. Small, repeated Incremental efforts will get you there. It doesn't happen in an instant, but it does happen a lot faster than when you're then you know not getting there at all, not making any attempt at all. You know that's obviously slow because you're not going anywhere. Do your best to consciously shift your focus away from the big goals to the big deals you want to achieve in your life and toward the little daily rituals that support them to get you closer to those big goals. Consider the following. If you're a competitive athlete, your goal is to win in sports competitions. Your ritual uh, is the time you dedicate each day to training your body and your mind. If you're a student in college, your goal is to learn and earn, earn a degree. Well, your ritual is your daily study habits and the work you put into learning and getting good grades. If you're a parent, your goal is to be a great role model. And your ritual is the time and energy you commit daily to spending, you know, to setting a good example each day, doing something, you know, noteworthy with them each day. If you're a human being, your goal is to live a happy, meaningful life. And your ritual is the small, positive steps forward that you take every day. Uh, now consider, uh, Mark says, now consider this small excerpt from uh, his New York Times bestselling book, quote, if you stop focusing on one of your big goals for a while and instead focused exclusively on your corresponding daily ritual that gets you towards that goal, would you still make progress? For example, if you're trying to lose weight and you stop thinking about your 20 pound goal and instead placed all your focus on eating healthy and exercising each day, would you still lose the weight? Yes, of course. Well, gradually you would get closer to your bigger goal, your target weight, without even thinking about it. Uh, and if you mess up occasionally, you own up to it, you forgive yourself, and you try again. One day at a time, one step at a time. Like when I was trying to clean the house the other day, I said, it's like, you know, eating an elephant. It's one bite at a time because there was so much to do. Uh, restore faith in yourself. Restoring your faith in yourself is arguably the most significant hidden benefit of consistently practicing your daily rituals, of trying again and again and again. Mark says, in fact, what he lacked before uh, I, he learned to implement these kinds of daily rituals was the faith that I was actually capable of achieving the positive results I desired in my life. I tried so many quick fixes in the past that ended in failure and had grown so discouraged in myself that I started subconsciously choosing procrastination over future attempts to fulfill the little promises I made to myself to learn, to grow, and to make progress in various ways. So in essence, Mark says he lost faith in both his ability 
and in himself. It's kind of like another person constantly lying to you. Eventually, you stop trusting them. The same holds true with little promises that we make to ourselves that always or frequently end in disappointment. Eventually, you tr stop trusting yourself. You lose faith in yourself. You lose faith in your abilities. And the solution in most cases is the same. You have to restore your faith and trust gradually with small promises, small steps, small victories, those daily rituals. Again, this process takes time, but it happens if you stick to it. And it's one of the most important life-changing things you can do for yourself. Um, you know, in terms of this, getting started like today, like you think about what's one small step I can take today that will get me closer to what my goal is. I explain like how I got out of low income housing with one brother murdered, one brother uh, mentally ill and a drug addict, a dad who abandoned us for 35 years, uh, one brother who le left for West Point Military Academy. So he's gone. So I'm with the two brothers who are drug users and violent. And I try to lock myself in my room to study because I worked full time and I was a straight A student in this low income crummy apartment. And then my mom, I've talked about my mom, you know, She's a survivor, but she's a victim and she points the finger and, you know, blames people for everywhere she's ended up in life. So I one step at a time work towards getting out of poverty. I didn't want to be on the Jerry Springer show. So I go to school every day. I would go to work every day. I would save every day. I'd be frugal every day. I would, uh, you know, uh, be a really great employee every day. I would go the extra miles, a mile with my professors every day. I'd try to make healthy food to bring to work with me. And the way I describe it to people, like I started way behind the starting line in life. Like I did not have any advantages. I grew up in a, a household with cursing and violence and um, alcohol and drugs. And it was not fun and poor. We were poor. Every day I took a step out of that. I went to class. I got an A. Then I got another A. Then I kept working. Then I saved more money. Then I went to the gym. Like every day was a series of these steps that got me out. All right. I hope that was helpful for you. I'm out of time. You're listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.